0: Upper Room Discourse, where we dissect the meaning of Christian music and the history of Scripture. I'm
1: Felipe Marin, And I'm Dakota Childress. What will we discuss this week? Keep listening to find out.
0: Hello, and welcome back to the second episode of our Justify series. Yes Second episode of Justify Third episode total Yes uh, Last week we looked at uh, Oh look my mind's leaving me It was uh, Soli Deo Gloria right? Yep. Yes Genesis as well And Genesis uh, But this week we're moving on into Sola Fide And this is going to be our second solo out of the five that we look at And uh, again just to reiterate The Solos are kind of like these core beliefs
1: And they all surround the doctrine of justification Yeah Yeah uh, The specific phrase with each of these is justificatio. Mm -hmm. And then for this week, it'd be sola fide. Yes. Uh, The next week or the next few weeks would be like sola gratia. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all the other ones I can't think of right now. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Uh, But
0: this week is sola fide, which means by faith alone. Mm -hmm. Essentially, justification is by faith alone. Our salvation is on the basis of faith alone. And uh, again... Like I said, we're going to be revisiting this verse a lot, but Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And kind of our focus in with those verses is through faith.
1: You have been saved through faith. Yeah. Uh, We talked about it last week. It's a gift through your faith, through your belief, uh, and acting on that belief Because it's not just something you say, it's something that you work on as well.
0: Absolutely. So, before we jump into our song review, which this week we're going to be looking at Give Me Faith, uh, which is one of my favorite songs. It's a good song. I like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy listening to it. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, we just launched our Patreon. So, it's patreon.com forward slash the upper room discourse. And uh, we're just going to be posting extra stuff there, extra content Uh, I'll probably be posting like you guys on YouTube can probably see it on my screen here on my computer screen. Uh, but I have my PDF of my song review and all my notes and stuff. I'll probably be posting things like that just throughout the time.
1: Yeah. Too bad. Um,
0: my notes are old school pen and paper. Yeah. We might make a scan or something.
1: Yeah, we could do that.
0: I keep them. So, yeah. Uh, but I want to bring that up because it's not free. What you would wish it would be free, but there's a lot of stuff we've had to buy throughout. And, uh, I think a great example I wanted to bring up is the sound effects. You notice we don't have as many sound effects as we've
1: had in the past. Yeah, specifically because I'm not doing any stories yeah. until we get later on. But it's all kind of the same setting with what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah,
0: and those sound effects are not easy to find. No, like, they take time. It, they take like hours to, for us to find good free ones. Uh, but like that's one example of what that money would go for if you followed us on Patreon. Uh, it would go to a subscription for us to get like good sound effects. You know, that's just one case, obviously. Uh, So I want to bring that up and just get that out of the way So we don't have to worry about it again I'll probably mention it like just the website in the future But that's about it Uh, But let's jump into Give Me Faith So it was released on September 7th, 2010 So was that, about 13 years old now? Yeah Uh, It's written by Elevation Worship uh, Which uh, probably a lot of our listeners here in North Carolina would know Uh, Elevation is located in Charlotte, North Carolina
1: yeah, very popular church up there with um, Very, very popular church Bethel and Yes uh,
0: What's the other one? Maverick City? Yeah Something like that I've been kind of growing a lot yeah. too uh, So it is the seventh track on a Kingdom Come album Which was Elevation's fourth independent album Before they signed with a record And now they self-publish again But back in that day They were self-publishing albums And that was their fourth one uh, Written by Wade Joy Mac Brock, London Gatch, and Chris Brown. And uh, some of those names, well, if you know anything about Elevation, all those names will probably sound familiar. Uh, But more specifically, probably the most familiar names are going to be Mac Brock and uh, Chris Brown.
1: Yeah. uh, The only thing I know about Elevation is just their music. I know some of their theology is probably a little... Yeah. But I think their songs, for the most part, are pretty solid.
0: Yeah, and I want to try to be... uh, again as objective as I can when I do these reviews you know, obviously I think the politics are going to matter and they should matter Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm not worried about that in the terms of this review I don't want to go into the politics of elevation and all that Uh, I just want to look at the song itself so uh, let's go into the order of lyrics so it's a verse pre-chorus, chorus chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus pretty simple then it's a bridge which they do twice then it's a chorus, which they do twice, and then it's the bridge, which they do four times. So keep that in mind because we're going to come back to that.
1: Yeah, those bridges—they uh, really become popular around. Like I said, this twenty. This is a twenty ten song, so right on that area. Yeah, <laughs> <Right> <laughs> that's that era.
0: where we started seeing them was around twenty ten. Uh, these these uh this rise of contemporary music, you know, I think it started mo- started more with Hillsong. Uh, but Elevation was quickly. Yeah, song.
1: yeah. That's the yeah. one I was thinking of earlier. Yeah.
0: Uh, so genre of music. What, do you, what, what genre of music do you think this song is?
1: Mm, definitely Christian. Uh, Christian contemporary. Yeah, At least that's what Apple Music labels it <laughs> as. That's what I'm looking at these lyrics on. Uh, not to give them any promotion, but that's what I'm looking at. Uh, on. I, a lot of people label this as a rock song. Rock,
0: Interesting. Uh, I d- on Genius, hmm. it's listed as pop, which I guess, okay, I'm not really, I wouldn't really consider it pop. I mean, I guess unless you consider it like popular, like yeah, that yeah. short, yeah. Uh, but a lot of, uh, like a lot of Elevation, especially early Elevation, uh, they're a rock band, technically. Hmm. And uh, if you Didn't listen to the song, especially at the original version, you kind of can hear that. Kind of, It's like a slow rock, but there's definitely elements of that in there.
1: Yeah, I think I was listening to it earlier, actually. So Mm. I think now that you say that, I would probably put it in like soft rock. As somebody who listens to like uh, quite a bit of classic rock, it'd probably be like a soft rock. Yeah, that's where I would probably um, place it as well. Something like that. Uh, It's, I would
0: label this as a prayer. So the song is a prayer of confession and it's a prayer of supplication. So essentially we're confessing to God and we're asking of God. kind of make it a little simpler for people that may not understand those words Uh, audience i label as god i think that's pretty pretty standard i mean if it's a prayer our audience should be god we're not really singing this to other people
1: yeah and i can see it being a prayer Mm -hmm. um specifically like i definitely see that the audience is god that's what we're talking to absolutely or who they're talking to through the words so i see that
0: so uh, let's look at musicality Uh, Basically, when we look at musicality, we're looking at singability, we're looking at how the melody sounds, things like that. Uh, Original key is A, so pretty standard. Hmm. Uh, I wrote down that this song is very catchy, and I also think this song is very easy to sing. I do too. It's a very uh, simplistic melody, not simplistic in a bad way, but simplistic in a sense like it makes it easy to sing along to it.
1: It also kind of puts you like... In a mood to sing it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I would say that, definitely. Uh, very, yeah, very easy to sing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I label this song as an absolute bop. I think it's hard not to bop to this song when you hear it.
1: Is that like your number five on like your scale when a five? Five is like an absolute yeah, bop.
0: Yeah, five is an absolute bop. By the way, it's a yeah. five out of five on musicality, in case you were curious.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely like it. I like singing it. Uh, it's got a very strong beat, so you get that really
0: strong 4-4. One, two, three, four. Very strong throughout the whole song. Uh, I put a really cool uh, place to look at when you're listening to this song is listen to that electric guitar on the bridge. Because, dude, that guitar goes off.
1: Yeah, in the original
0: version, right? Yeah, in the original version. That's what I've been listening to.
1: I think I've been listening to the – because there's a version that came out. There's a lot of versions. Like seven years ago? Mm-hmm. And they put it on their YouTube. It's like the official lyric video. Yeah. I was looking at that one. I think – that's a little bit softer than probably what you were listening probably to. Probably is.
0: Yeah. Cause I've been listening to the studio, the right. original one off the album when it was first released. That's right. what I've been listening to. Uh, but yeah, like you finish that chorus there and all of a sudden you just, it goes like, Chew! you know what I'm talking about? You hear the electric guitar come on and then, and then he gets into the bridge and he's like, do, 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 do. Like, I love the sound effects. Yeah. It's not that, they're not like amazing, but, but we, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. We
1: wish we could play it uh we try not to play these songs just for copyright reasons yeah uh, or else we would like just yeah. go into the song
0: but if you followed us on patreon uh we would actually be able to put it on there oh cool and not get yeah. copyright because of it uh the other part is obviously there's the drums they really propel the motion of the music the music's always pressing forward it never has like a like a stagnant moment
1: yeah i think if you listen to the newer version Mm -hmm. then that's what you hear a lot more than the guitar I think.
0: Yes you hear the drums way more in future versions of it than you do in the original but the guitars, I'm sorry the drums are there Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wrote is uh, after right right before they go into that final four bridges at the end uh, there's also a really cool guitar solo whereas the drums are going and there's this guitar solo it's
1: really cool it's funny because (laughs) I mean a guitar solo in like Christian music yeah, I mean it's not wrong, in a sense, but it's are you doing it for the right reason? Exactly. Like you, you don't want to turn it <laughs> into a concert. Like we're not out here listening to like ACDC or mm-hmm. Def Leppard or Led Zeppelin. Yeah, um, I don't know how many of like our viewers on YouTube or through the podcast will actually know those bands, but Probably. if you do, then cool. Think so. Yeah, I would it's, think it's, so like, they're
0: famous bands.
1: Yeah, I guess it's like, are you trying to be like that, mm-hmm. or are you trying to? You know, give glory to God and honor to God through it. If that's the way you're doing it, then it's fine. But if you're doing it just to, like, rock out and have a concert, then I don't think it's
0: Mm -hmm. worth playing. We're going to kind of get talking about that a little bit later in the review. Yeah. Absolutely. So, again, musicality, five out of five. Absolutely love it. Poeticness. So this is where we look at the flow of the song. We look at the grammar. There's some lacking here, I think, unfortunately. But first, I want to bring up the rawness of the lyrics. If you look at those lyrics, they're very raw and they're very vulnerable. And there's a correct acknowledgement of our need for God that we see in those lyrics. You know, just, I mean, the verse, I need you to soften my heart and break me apart. I need you to open my eyes to see that you're shaping my life. Or even the bridge, I may be weak, my flesh may fail. You know, those are very vulnerable, very raw lyrics, and I love that. I love having stuff like that in a song.
1: Yeah. I mean, it goes back to you know, we we help out with uh the youth on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And so last night was a big topic of discussion, but temptation and sin. Yes. Uh so we are very much our flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. Uh brings to mind Romans 7, yes, I believe verse 15. Um, Paul is saying, I do the thing. Uh, For what am I doing? I do the things I don't want to do, and I do the things that I don't want to do, Mm -hmm. basically. And then he says in a few verses later, wretched man that I am who will save me from this body of death. Yes. So we definitely see, like, even in Paul, you know, that state of weakness in the flesh. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, grammatically, song is weak. There's a lot of broken sentences that are just kind of put together Uh, There's like no punctuation in the song. I'm looking at the lyrics on their official website, elevationworship.com. The only punctuation is a comma. And it's only used, I think, three
1: times in the entire song. Uh, Yeah, on Apple Music, they use a comma a lot more.
0: Yeah, not in the original, like the official lyrics. Uh, I just want to bring up a couple of those. All I am, comma, I surrender. Broken up sentences right there. I'm broken inside, comma. I give you my life. Again, broken up sentences right there.
1: Yeah, it makes it weird. I wonder mm-hmm. if they did that like as a stylistic choice. Yeah, that would it makes you wonder uh, because you know all the other songs we listen to are full blown sentences mm-hmm. in each line. And you that, could
0: put periods and stuff like that. It would fit. Yeah. I also put, there's an interesting thing in the second half of verse one. Okay. So remember, this is all a prayer. This is all that we're all asking of God. So as verse one, we have, I need you to soften my heart. I need you to break me apart, essentially is what it's saying. We look at verse two, it's the same. I need you soften my heart, break me apart. That stays the same, but then it's, I need you to pierce through the dark. I need you to cleanse every part of me. Now, the second half of verse one, I need you to open my eyes to see that you're shaping my life. If we follow the same flow, then we would think it would be, I need you to open my eyes. I need you to see that you're shaping my life. And you see, there's a difference there. And that's the only part of the song that's different compared to the rest of the verses. And for me, that kind of, like, I understand what they're saying. I know that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, so I can see that God is shaping my life is what the line is saying. But just looking at it in comparison to everything else there's like a disconnect there
1: because it's different it's
0: lacking that personal pronoun
1: i don't for me that's not really the problem of it Mm -hmm. i think it's more of it is uh disconnected from the rest of it disjointed yeah um i need you to see i need you to open my eyes to see that you're shaping my life then all i am i think that's where it gets me and then all I am, I surrender.
0: Yeah, it's it's just weird. The we're flow, radically. I guess, isn't there. Yeah. It's it's a weird uh, flow. Thought.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then the same with sorry, the same with sorry. the second verse too. Mm-hmm. I need you to pierce, like I need you to soften my heart and break me apart. And then I, I guess I don't understand why it goes from that to I need you to pierce through the dark. I, I would want them to keep with like one uh, theme there.
0: We're gonna talk about that actually. So when we talk about the lyrics in the scripture, we'll talk about that and why that fits.
1: I guess that's what's getting me with these verses is yeah. keeping to a set theme mm-hmm. and then sticking with it throughout. Yeah, throughout the verse.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up to your attention is the bridge. Oh. So I'm going to read it for you guys. This is the official lyrics, how it's written. This is how they sing it I may be weak, but your spirit strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will why is it your spirit strong in me? That's not grammatically correct. It should be your spirit is strong in me
1: or the contraction, your spirits strong in me. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, like I said, that's another stylistic thing. Could be, um, yeah. also think like if you go back and look at some older music as well, I was just thinking about this, mm-hmm. uh, last night actually, but oh, what song is it? Um, but instead of writing out the whole word thought. Mm-hmm they shorten it to T H O apostrophe t Mm -hmm. so probably a stylistic thing yeah i can't believe i can't think of that song
0: it's there's i mean i don't have issues with it i get what they're saying it's not that i don't understand yeah but when i'm looking at it grammatically i'm like i have to be like that's not correct yeah grammatically it's not right
1: yeah grammatically you'd want it uh written out Mm -hmm. um but I do think it's, you know, the style of what kind of song it is. Yeah. We're looking at a contemporary song. Absolutely. And that's the way we speak nowadays. I mean, even now I'm using Same thing. contractions. So.
0: And I keep that in mind. So I give it yeah. a two out of five. So it's not like I give it a bad score. Right. Like it's almost like a middle-of-the-road score. But, but I, I, I do... I have to take away from it just because yeah, of the
1: grammar. I do think it is a fair critique if you're talking about like a prayer or something. Mm-hmm. Especially if we think about prayer and the sense of reverence. Yeah. Um... A prayer in the sense of who we're speaking to you want it to be more official mm-hmm. um, but i can't like i said i can see why they use contractions and yeah. they use like apostrophe s for spirit strong in me
0: you know oh there's no apostrophe it's just spirit space strong
1: oh see that it, that's, that's that's where the it. difference is yeah i'm talking because about in a, later versions yeah the, the
0: official original on their website currently i'm looking at elevationworship.com it says, spirit, yeah. space, strong in me. I think they realized
1: that later on and I hope fixed so. it. So. I hope so. Listening yeah. to the
0: original song, I think that's how they sang it.
1: So, that, yeah, I guess that's something like, as a listener, you don't you'll kind of see. Yeah. Like, you don't, th- you don't think about, but as a listener, uh, you know, we're looking at two different versions a lot of times. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm looking at the Apple, Apple Music, Music version, yeah. and he's looking at what's officially on their website. And mm-hmm. this is from, I believe, like, 20... I think this was six years ago, six, seven years ago, more something recent. like that, more recent. And then that was 13 years ago plus.
0: Well, thankfully they fixed it.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think they've at least fixed it, but I do see that problem yeah. if, when we're talking about the original. It's so weird. don't get me wrong, it is weird. You need some kind of...
0: Yeah. So two out of five on poeticness. Right. Uh, evocation, the vibe check. Uh, I think there's a lot of good feelings in this song, but I also think there's a potential for some bad ones too. So I want to talk about the good feelings because I think those are more important and more, like, better to look at. Right. Uh, I think the main feelings after listening to this song is going to be confession. Essentially, our weakness, our need for God, our lack of faith, our need for cleansing. Are just some examples of that.
1: Yeah, I think it... And I don't want to use the word pity, mm-hmm. but I guess that's the first word that comes to mind. It makes you kind of pity yourself Yeah. and realize the... um can't think of the word but the nature and the reality Mm -hmm. i hate to use that like it's kind of redundant realize the reality yeah of your self and Mm -hmm. your sin
0: and where where you're at and who you are yeah i put down that there's also a strong reaffirming of god's goodness and love Uh, there's a realization of what god can do in our life yes of how god is strong about how god will never fail i think those are really good things coming out of this song with feelings and emotions
1: Yeah, and we definitely see that in Scripture, too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in our weakness, God has made strong. I don't know the specific uh, verse reference for that, but we definitely do see that in Mm. Scripture. Absolutely, we do.
0: Uh, Now let's get into some of the dangerous things. Repetition in this song. There is a lot of repetition, especially on the latter half. And there is a danger in using repetitive phrases in a prayer. And I want to bring to your attention Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him.
1: Yeah, good verse. Um, It definitely brings to mind like a like a cult or something, mm-hmm. you know, when they're just chanting or, or like a over sports over team, yeah. you know, I mean, we're in, we're in the sports season right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the, when the fan base is sitting there in the crowd, just chanting the same thing, mm-hmm. I guess that's almost the picture it brings to mind. That's not what we want to get to. No, I don't think it's a bad thing to repeat something um, out of necessity and out of um, wanting God to fulfill that if it's in his will, mm-hmm. but there is a problem with, this repetitiveness again, the end of
0: the song it yeah. goes chorus, bridge two times, chorus two times, bridge four times. And it's not a lot of like, it's, it's not like they're changing the choruses up or right. changing the bridges up, like, it's like eight lines over and over and over again for like two minutes.
1: Yeah, and that's the danger mm-hmm. of writing a song. Um, and I've told Felipe this countless times, but mm-hmm. I like a song that gives a story. Um, yes. I like a song that has meaning. And I'm not saying this song doesn't. I'm not saying that this song doesn't give us a story and things like that. But I think you compare, even if you compare this song mm-hmm. to a lot of what we hear nowadays, a lot of what you hear now is even more repetitive than this song is. Yeah,
0: it's taken it to like a further extent yeah, than and, where this one is.
1: And it's not only the beat, but also the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, to me, annoying. Mm-hmm. When a song is the same beat, the same words over and over. And if we compare this to nowadays, like as far as like repetitiveness, you know, this would be like a. It's like middle of the road. It's not even that bad. It's compared not that to bad. Yeah. Today we hear.
0: Yeah. I want to bring up this question Would there be the same response to this song if it was sung in a brightly lit room with just a single guitar? as opposed to a dark lit room with full production of drums, keys, and electric guitar? Wow, that's a good question. And I think there would be a very different response. And that's the danger. Yeah. With a song like this.
1: Yeah, definitely evoking a feeling Mm -hmm. instead of singing truth.
0: Yeah. I wrote down how genuine are people when they sing this song, when they put it as probably part of a worship set. Yeah.
1: Damn. I guess it depends on their heart. Yeah,
0: obviously it does. I don't want to judge someone's heart. It's always going right. to depend on the heart. But I don't want us to be on that line.
1: I feel like it's dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous. I think... uh, uh oh, yeah, oh, Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, especially like... I'm seeing like two different pictures in my head. Like mm-hmm. the one person who definitely is struggling and they're singing this. And then it evokes that feeling of, man, I see myself in this song. Yeah. And then that other person who's just singing it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: So I give it a 3 out of 5. So it's not a bad score. I think there's a lot of good things coming out of this song. Yeah, I just think it can drive that line. And because of that, I'm going to take away a little bit.
1: Right. And I think that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to look at some lyrics.
0: Basically, how scriptural is this song? Uh, I would say this song is pretty
1: scriptural. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've already talked about um mm-hmm. a couple already brought up the one where um when we are weak yes. in our weakness God is made strong or yes. we are made strong in our weakness. Uh that reference. Um there's there's no
0: specific scriptural reference in the
1: song. Right. No, there is not. But I do see the draws from scripture. Yes, there's a lot
0: of good draws and connections from scripture. There's a couple of verses I want to bring out. Uh I want to read Matthew chapter seven, seven and eight to you guys. And uh, after that, we'll move into Matthew 13, which I think connects really well with the song. But right. Matthew 7, 7, and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Uh, only because right. this song is a prayer. Right. So I want to bring that up. that Because that's what we're doing in the song. We're asking God to
1: give us faith. Yeah, and I definitely see, um, after reading Exodus, mm-hmm. I see a lot of uh, similarities between, where does he say it? Um, I need you to soften my heart and break me apart. Yeah. Um, correlation, heavy correlation between Israel and being hard-hearted, mm-hmm. Pharaoh and being hard-hearted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see it in, well, all of Israel's history with them. Yes. If you look far enough, and you don't really even have to, you can look in math, in the Gospels, and... Absolutely. I want to bring up Matthew 13.
0: Yeah. Uh, Matthew 13, 14, and 15. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For these people's heart has grown dull, and with their eyes they can... With their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. And uh, Jesus is quoting Isaiah there.
1: Yeah. and I think it's important to understand that we're not talking about head knowledge, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the gospel, um, because the Israelites, they had a Mm pre-assumption of what the Messiah would be like, uh, and Jesus didn't meet that. Mm -hmm. And then when he fulfilled Old Testament scripture, They were hardened to it, and they refused to see it. Yeah. They refused to see him for who he was. Mm -hmm. And so we have to allow ourselves Mm -hmm. to be softened by the Holy Spirit because that's the only one who will. And that's why we're asking for it. Uh, What the verses—this is what I wanted to talk
0: about. The verses ask for enlightenment is what I would say. That's what our prayer is here. We're asking for God to enlighten us. We're asking him to soften our heart. We're asking him to open our eyes We're asking him to pierce through the dark.
1: Yeah, and, you know, as much as I don't like the flow of, you know, the Mm -hmm. I need you to pierce through the dark, it really does bring to mind, you know, Genesis 1, when God creates the light. It brings to mind, you know, John 1. We're talking about the Word being with God. It brings to mind um, later in Matthew and I believe... Mark or Luke, where he's talking about, you know, a city set on a hill. Yes. Yeah. You know, their light shines for all to see, right? We are the light of the earth. Mm-hmm. And in first John, again talking about, you know, God is light, and because he is light, he is truth. Mm-hmm. And in him there is truth and there is light.
0: Absolutely. I pulled two verses, uh, both by John. Uh, John, John one nine, the true light enlightens every man. Yeah. There's that right there. First John one seven. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. And I really see a strong connection with that
1: verse and this song. Yeah, I do too. And it's like I said, it's a good verse. Um, makes you re reevaluate yourself mm-hmm. and where you stand.
0: Yeah. Uh, now the strongest connection to scripture that we see is with the bridge to like actual scripture, not just like uh, things we get from here, like reading scripture. Right. Uh, so this bridge, this is not Matthew twenty six forty one. This is not Mark fourteen thirty eight. Watch and pray. This spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That is not at all the context in this song compared to those verses. That's not at all what he's talking about. Right. I want to bring to you guys attention Psalm, 73, 26. Psalm says, seventy three twenty six. It says, "My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart." and my portion forever. And I think that's a really powerful verse in connection to
1: this bridge. Yeah. Um, our heart definitely needs mm-hmm. uh, all the power we can get from God, uh, not only for temptation and sin, but also for, you know, getting us through everyday life.
0: Yeah. And again, I brought up those that Matthew Mark passage uh, because that's not talking about the Spirit. When it talks about the spirit is willing, right? It's not talking about the Holy spirit there. And in this song, we are specifically talking about the Holy spirit, right? So funny enough, they, uh, just bringing this up. They don't uppercase spirit. They don't No, I'm looking at, they. they they uppercase your, but they don't uppercase spirit. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't do it in, uh, the newer version either. So I can think of some people in my mind right now that would not be happy with this grammar. Yeah, It could be a stylistic thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what I was thinking, but yeah. (laughs) Steve is our pastor. Uh, So I gave it a four out of five on lyrics. Uh, The only reason I didn't give it a five out of five is because there's no direct scriptural reference, right? Like they're literally not saying an actual verse from the Bible. Right. So I, I can't give it a five out of five because of that. Right. But it's a four out of five because I do think everything out of it does come
1: from scripture. Yeah. And we definitely see that if, if you don't, Far enough into scripture, you definitely see where they come from.
0: Oh, yeah. So, final score. It ends up at a three and a half out of five. So, it's that average. Average. It's not like a bad score. It's not like a great score. Yeah. You know, I was scared that it was going to end up as a bad score, but then I did the math. I was like, you know what? Three and a half out of five is not bad. Yeah. I like the song too. Uh, now, this song does not belong in a worship set. And I use worship, quote unquote, worship. Like a Sunday morning set? Well, this is not a worship song. So we shouldn't label it as a worship song when it's not. It's more like a reflective song, yeah. Yeah, it's a prayer. It's a prayer of confession. It's a prayer of supplication. I think this song works best as a special music. I think it works best as, like you were saying, a reflective song. I think that's where it thrives.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I put down, I think the best context for this song is to listen to it on your own.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah... On your own, mm-hmm. and maybe as like a special music yeah. on occasion. Exactly.
0: So we have our question, final question. Should you play this on a Sunday morning with a congregation?
1: Sunday morning? Nope.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm very close to there. I, I lean heavily on the no. I put yes, but within the context of it being a prayer. Yeah. Because you're not leading a congregation in worship with this song. And you shouldn't. Mm-mm. If that's what you're trying to do, then you like, you don't understand the point of the song, right? So, that's where we ended up. I love the song. I think it's a great song.
1: And I do too. I don't think it would, you know, we'd be singing it if it wasn't, yeah, at least somewhat scriptural and exactly biblically based. Exactly.
0: Uh, so we're gonna go ahead, and take a little bit of a break here, and I will come back with our word study and book study. We're looking at Exodus today. Very Exodus excited.
1: and faithfulness. Yep. We'll be glad to have you in a few minutes. Yeah, we'll see you. Oakview Baptist Church is located at 810 Oakview Road on the corner of Johnson Street and Oakview. Join us for Bible fellowship every Sunday morning from 930 to 1030 and for service from 1045 to noon or on Sunday evenings from 6 to 7 for our evening service. If you are a college age or a young adult, you can join us for The View on Sunday evening at the same time as the main service. On Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8, we have Word of Life for the youth, Awana and Cubbies for the kids, and an adult Bible study led by our pastor. Check out the links in the description of the YouTube video for past services or more info. So, yeah, welcome back um, to our podcast from the break. Um, We're going to be looking at Exodus um, and justification by faith in Exodus. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to be looking at a specific Hebrew word for faithfulness. It is the Hebrew word emet. Mm -hmm. And It quite literally means truth or faithfulness. And we see this word actually about 127 times in the Old Testament. The first use of it is in Genesis 24 and verse 27. And then the last use uh, is in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 6. And in Malachi 2, this is what it says, uh, true, and that's the word right there, true, Mm -hmm. instruction was in his mouth. And unrighteousness was not found on his lips. Okay. But the main two verses we're going to be looking at, um, in this instance, uh, one of them is actually a whole chapter, and I've got it pretty well memorized. Uh, Psalm 117, it says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all people. For great is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Mm. Praise the Lord. Uh, we've actually mentioned that a couple of times over the past few. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I think last week and maybe the week before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And then, obviously, we see it a few times in Exodus as well. And we'll be looking at one of those here in just a minute. But, so, I kind of just want to get into it with justification in Exodus. Mm-hmm. And specifically, what we're looking at is the justification by faith And Moses. Yeah. Right. Faith alone and how that's portrayed in Moses and if we see it in the people of Israel. So I'm just going to kind of run through pretty quickly. Um, I wrote on here like a timeline of events, but it's more like an order of events. Okay. Okay. So uh, I got about 40 major events, uh, I would say, out of. The 40 chapters. That's about... Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> that's about one event per chapter. Uh, but I want to start off with a couple of questions, okay? Okay. Does God forget? And the second question is, why does the Bible say, like, I say the Bible, but I mean God. Why does God say, in the Bible, I have remembered, and why does the Bible say God remembered So that's kind of a couple of questions to keep in mind um, because it ties into God's faithfulness um, and and the fact that God doesn't forget. Mm -hmm. You know, God doesn't have to remember anything because he already knows. Exactly. Um, It's more of a rhetorical, I would see it when God says, I have remembered. Mm -hmm. He's never forgotten, he's always been watching. He knows what's going to happen. And if he didn't, he's not God. Exactly, you know for me, it feels like like God knows
0: everything why like it doesn't make sense that he would forget something if he knows everything like that just it just doesn't make sense,
1: right, and I think that's the only way we can put it in our terms, mm-hmm. um but just keep those questions in the back of your mind, um like I said, does God forget, and we'll see that he doesn't mm-hmm. um and so yeah, let's just kind of go straight through it. Um, So we got to go last week Because we were in Genesis um, And really we got to start in chapter 50 of Genesis There's, uh, well 50 and before You know time of Joseph There's a famine in the land mm-hmm. He moves his family to Egypt Because Egypt has food They have enough for the people And so that's where they reside um, And then we move into chapter 1 So Joseph and his family Including Jacob their father mm-hmm. They move to Egypt that's what, where they reside. Um, in chapter one, we see, um, you know, everybody's died. Verse six says Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the sons of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly, and multiplied, and became exceedingly mighty, so that the land was filled with them. These are the kind of first uh, four events we see. So Joseph okay. and his family dies. Well, the family, the famine. Joseph and his family dies. Um, Israel multiplies and then Israel is oppressed and we see that in verse 17 of chapter 1
0: so we're no, we're no longer with the patriarchs now
1: yeah we're no longer with the patriarchs we're we're well removed from that um, and it says and we'll get to this in a second but Israel is oppressed um, and this is an interesting verse I found but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them but le- but let the boys live um so if we 're this far removed, and we don 't necessarily know how far removed from Joseph and them we are mm-hmm. um so we can i guess it'd be safe to assume that they 're still following the teachings at least somewhat of their forefathers to a to a point, yeah, yeah I would say, because we see that they fear God um and if not, if they weren't following them that closely those teachings and um observing those covenants, then why do they fear god mm-hmm. um I think those are just some important questions to ask and wrestle through, but we're not going to dive too deeply into them. Like I said, this is kind of a just timeline of events. Um, So the next event, Moses is born. Um, We're still moving on. Moses kills the Egyptian and flees to Midian. This is chapter 2. Then he has a son by Zipporah. Mm -hmm. And this is interesting because Zipporah is a daughter of a priest. Yes. In a time when... There are no priests, mm-hmm. at least in Israel. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so after that, uh, we hear um, Israel's cry for help in chapter 2 and verse 24. And not only do we see that and hear it, but God sees it and hears it. And he will come to answer that, and we'll see that in just a second. Mm-hmm. But moving on, chapter 3, we see the burning bush and Moses' call. And specifically, pay attention to um Verses thirteen through fifteen, a specific word is used that we've pretty much lost the translation for. Yeah, do you know what that word that is? Tetragrammaton. The Tetragrammaton. If you don't know what that is, it's the Y H W H. Yes. Yod He vav hey. Yeah, in Hebrew. So we don't necessarily know how to say that anymore. We have speculation, mm-hmm. but uh, most
0: accepted would probably be Yahweh yeah. or Jehovah mm-hmm. would be the most accepted. Uh, I believe there's about twenty some different pronunciations possible. You have to understand Hebrew doesn't put vowels in their writing. Right, that's something that came much later, where they added those vowel pointings in because people forgot how to even speak Hebrew at a time. This is like way off. This is like right. I guess, and we'll see that later. Far removed from here, but in right. the history for us, all that stuff happening. Uh, but yeah, we don't know the pronunciation of the name of God.
1: Yeah, and we would be closely familiar with Jehovah or mm. Yahweh. That's what we would hear most. Yeah. Um. And something to notice as well, the majority of the people are indoctrinated into Egyptian life by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see why that's important here in a second. Well, actually, um, why I bring that up is actually from this same chapter because Moses is going to say, well, who do I tell them yes. sent me? Yeah. And God says, I am who I am. And that's where we get mm-hmm. the tetragram. That's of the I'm translation. That is it. Yeah. I am who I am. um, So he has to be specific or else the people in Israel would just think he's talking about another Egyptian god.
0: Yeah, Egypt Egypt,
1: very highly polytheistic big, huge mythology. Right. Uh, Plethora of gods and uh, we see that Israel is supposed to be a chosen race Mm -hmm. uh, separate from all other nations. Moving on, uh, Moses returns to Egypt in chapter 4 and something very, very important because we wouldn't have uh, the rest of you know genesis exodus or the law um with without this gershom circumcision circumcision yes um and that's by zipporah zipporah circumcises her son her and moses's son that's very important because mm-hmm. god was setting out to kill mm-hmm. moses
0: yeah it's it's a pretty intense scene if you read it when you're reading through exodus it's pretty intense
1: yeah and it, and it very well is um and that is in chapter four like i said uh verse 420 uh, verse 24 in chapter 4 is pretty pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um then Moses and Aaron, so Aaron is um taken by Moses mm-hmm. to be the man who will speak mm-hmm. before all of Israel as mm-hmm. commanded by God. And their brothers. And their brothers, right. So Moses and Aaron confront Aero, Aero, Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting them uh mixed up. Um, And the people are made to work harder Mm -hmm. with less materials. Mm -hmm. So then they confront Pharaoh again. Um, Then there's the 10 plagues. This uh, goes from chapter 7 to chapter 12, the 10 plagues. Uh, We see the Passover, very important for the rest of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, That's in chapter 12. Very, very important. Yeah. And we're uh, told in chapter 12 Uh, that their time in Egypt, the Israelites, is around 430 years. Um, And that honestly makes, that partially makes the dating of Exodus, when the Exodus actually happens, hard to date. It does, Um, yeah. For very specific reasons that we'll get into later um, in future books. But uh, too much to go into now. Highly debated when the Exodus actually happened. Uh, Firstborns are consecrated And the feast of unleavened bread Mm. One of their first feasts And one of the first three ordained feasts by God We see that in chapter 13 Continuing on We get to the Red Sea And they cross the Red Sea in chapter 14 Um, So they're going from Egypt To the Red Sea at this point Okay And I want to back up for just a second Um, Some of the points where we see Moses' faith um, and that's the whole point of talking about mm-hmm. uh, Exodus uh, If we go back to the burning bush And Moses' call Moses could have very well said Nah, I'm not doing that And went back to Midian But he didn't He, he, he almost did went, He almost did But he went to Pharaoh mm-hmm. uh, He made excuses Yeah. Um, but overall I think uh, the spirit guided him mm-hmm. And that he did what God wanted him to do um, And that's in returning to Egypt To confront Pharaoh Um and he does, he not only confront confronts Pharaoh twice, once but twice, yeah. and then the plagues come. Uh, we see his faith again when he listens to the Lord mm-hmm. and consecrates all the firstborn, not only the firstborn humans of the Israelites, but also the firstborn of their animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in establishing the feast of unleavened bread, and we also see it in crossing the Red Sea. Yes. He allows for the Lord to pass before him, and he listens to the Lord, mm-hmm. and he holds out the staff, and the waters are parted, and they walk through mm-hmm. safely.
0: Yeah, it's a and it's a very big contrast to the people, you know, because the people are very much the opposite when it comes to every situation, every hardship they run into. It's like they don't want to trust in God,
1: right? And that's actually the next uh, key point in this timeline. Um, because after the crossing of the Red Sea, um, we go into the wilderness, the wilderness of Shur. Mm -hmm. So we're going from the Red Sea to the wilderness of Shur. And it's funny because they're only three days in and they get to this place called Mara. Mm -hmm. Um, and literally the word means bitter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And because the water in this land is bitter. So Moses takes, um, a log. He throws it into the water, and it makes it sweet. Mm-hmm. But he, the only reason he does that, is because three days in, the people are complaining about the water yep. and having nothing to drink. Mm-hmm. This is chapter fifteen and verse twenty-two. So we see the difference already between Moses and his faith, mm-hmm. and where he stands in listening to God. And he even states that at the Red Sea, because they're already wanting to turn back at the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And he's like. No, we have the Lord on our side. Just stay here, and he'll do it for us. Yeah. And so on the first day and the third day, we see their lack of faith and Mm Moses' faith. Moving on, we see the bread from heaven. Uh, They literally call it manna because they're like, what is this? What is it? That's what manna means. So at this point, they're going from Mara to Elam, and then they come to the wilderness of Sin. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... We end up in the wilderness of sin for about forty years, I believe.
0: Yeah. Not not to be confused with sin. Right. It's not that's not the same thing right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and something we see um in verse verse in chapter sixteen and verse thirty one is that the people's lack of belief mm. and faithlessness reflects back on Moses. Yeah. Because that's m- true. I mean Moses is the front man He's the face man He's the point man Right I don't know how many other ways I can say that mm-hmm. He's the one talking to God He's responsible for the people So the, so God is coming to him He's like Why aren't you listening to me mm-hmm. And While you're like But Moses is listening to you He's responsible for everybody So What the people are doing Reflects on him And that's what God is seeing Is the collective mm-hmm. Faithlessness And unbelief um, Moving on there's something very important I want to point out in chapter 16 right quick. And it starts in verse 35. Uh, it says, The sons of Israel ate the manna for 40 years mm-hmm. until they came to an inhabited land. They ate the manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. Now an omer is a tenth of an ephah. Uh, read that like a side note because that's almost what it is. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got gotcha it's almost like a side note i mean it is important to scripture don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but it's read almost like a side note yeah uh because there's a lot of back and forth um between like talking about they're in the wilderness 40 years and then Mm -hmm. going back to them being like in the wilderness of sin and at Mm -hmm. sinai and things like that
0: remember this isn't getting written as they're traveling and moving it's not when this is getting written it's being written afterwards
1: some of it and we'll see that in a minute yeah Um, Continuing on So wilderness of sin Oh the irony That's what I wrote in my notes (laughs) Uh, uh, Because they are some sinful people Complaining all the time And you know You can't really say much Because it makes you Sit there and think about yourself Mm. And how much we Complain about our circumstances And situation So they go from the wilderness of sin To Rephidim um, and in chapter seventeen, Moses gets water from the rock, shows his faithfulness again. Yep. Um, and then from Refid, well, they're still in Rephidim. They defeat the they defeat Amalek. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is actually the first mention of Joshua in chapter seventeen and verse nine. I put a star and a asterisk beside that right there. It's important. It is important. Then we see God's judgment on Amalek. And this is important because these are going to be a recurring people throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. We're going to see them quite often. They're not going to go away. Uh, we'll see them in later books. Um, continuing on, we get to chapter 18. Jethro comes back into the picture. Jethro is the father-in-law to Moses. And he gives them some great advice in verses 17 through 23 on how to handle um, judicial matters. Yeah. Then we get to Mount Sinai. So we go from Rephidim to Sinai. This is in Chapter 19. And then uh, something interesting is it says in the third month, there are about three new moons removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is about 88 and a half days. Mm-hmm. So they've been in the wilderness for around two and, like, three-quarter months. Yeah. We, get, we
0: This is, like, one of the more pivotal uh, I always say that word wrong. Pivotal Pivotal. moments. It is. Uh,
1: At first, we see that only Moses is allowed up on Mount Sinai, and they camp here for quite a while. Um, At times, we see that Aaron is allowed up on Mount Sinai, Mm -hmm. and at times, we see that um, some of the elders and priests, uh, we do see that word come up with Israel during their time in the wilderness, and sometimes we see Joshua is allowed up there. We'll see that uh, later as well. Uh, The Ten Commandments are given. Uh, also, not only are the Ten Commandments given But there's other laws given mm-hmm. While he's up on the mountain as well That's uh, chapter 20 um, And it goes through chapter 23 and verse 19 These are not exhaustive laws Obviously because we have Leviticus, Numbers, yeah. Deuteronomy mm-hmm. Right, the exhaustive laws But mm-hmm. well, we do see some of them in Exodus um, So something I want to bring To your attention If you're reading these is chapter 22 and verse 28. And do you have any idea where I'm about to go with this? Chapter 22, verse 8.
0: Verse 28. Verse 28. Is this where they, uh, like, put the covenant in place? Or is this where they fall? trying to remember the timeline. I haven't read Exodus in a while.
1: So they're about to put the timeline in place, but God has still given Moses some laws. And this is this specific law. Mm. You shall not curse God, nor curse a ruler of your people. Interesting. Yeah. So, Interesting interesting verse to bring out. It is. um, Because these people don't have a ruler unless you consider God their ruler. Mm -hmm. So, which, I mean, is perfectly acceptable to consider God their ruler at this time. Um, And they've been doing the exact opposite of (laughs) this law, Mm -hmm. this rule, Mm -hmm. up until now, and they'll continue to do it. But we will see that later on, God will give them a ruler in the form of Saul, their first king.
0: Yeah, eventually there's the judges first, and then then we get to the kings.
1: Yep. Um, Then we get the promise of Canaan's land. God Mm -hmm. says, I'll do everything. You people just walk through the land, basically. Uh, I'll remove everybody else, and then I'll show you my greatness and my glory. Mm -hmm. Uh, The covenant is confirmed. This is chapter 24. And it's specifically written down. Mm-hmm. All right, verse 7, and I'll read this right quick because this oh, is the, pretty important.
0: Yeah, the part that was given there, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. it says, Then he took the book of the covenant mm-hmm. and read it and mm-hmm. the hearing of the people, and they said, All the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. a little theory on the book of the covenant. I mean, this could either be, you know, the laws that Moses has been given, or this could be, you know, the book of Genesis. We don't know. Um, I think it's a presupp- it's a presupposition. Oh, to think. To think one way or the other. See, if anything, for me, I would think it's just the book of Leviticus. And it very well could be.
0: You know, or even just the direct context of what was given there yeah. from Exodus, right there in Exodus mm-hmm. 20 and following.
1: And I think, uh, you know, a presupposition— I'm just going to define that right quick is like a assumption mm-hmm. of what you think the verses in the Bible are talking about. Yeah, like so that's why that's why I say you know the book of the covenant. What is it? Mm-hmm. It could be Genesis. It could be Genesis and include all the laws. Mm-hmm. We don't really know, um, but what you think about it, what you presuppose about it, what you assume will shape how you read the text.
0: Absolutely, and I think what's most important. Is what they're doing, right? They're confirming the covenant, you know. So what's being read is the covenant, or whatever you define that as. There, Uh, but it's it's the contracting of it, you know. Because I mean, a covenant is basically a contract. Yeah, that's that's not the best. Like that's a very simplistic, yeah, definition of the word. But when you boil it down, it's kind of basically a contract. It is, and they're confirming it here.
1: Yeah, and I think you know it could go either way. Mm-hmm. That is only Genesis because we see the first covenants established in mm-hmm. Genesis or it could be Genesis and the laws that are given yeah, I wouldn't put you know too much weight either way because we don't know mm-hmm. right um so covenants confirmed in chapter twenty four uh, and this is where I was talking about Joshua goes up on the mountain this is also in chapter twenty four um, Moses goes on the mountain for the the first time for forty days and forty nights mm-hmm. um, and it mentions Joshua going but I guess my question is, does Joshua actually go all the way up? And we don't know. We don't know. Um, Chapter 25 is, let's see, the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seats. And then chapter 26 and 27 are the Tabernacle. So we get the blueprints for all of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very important because that's going to allow God to reside in the midst of the people. I say allow God to, like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't already... Live amongst the people.
0: Well, it? he was he was leading them in a pillar of smoke, mm-hmm. and in uh, a fire pillar right. of fire by night. You know that's what settled on the mountain. That same mm-hmm. thing that was leading them settled upon the mountain. What the tabernacle did and the ark of the covenant was somewhere for that t- place to go. That pillar, uh, basically, God would descend upon there, essentially.
1: Yeah, and again, we see, um, you know, the faithfulness. That same word, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on Mount Sinai when Moses is taking all of this down when he's listening to God mm-hmm. and th- and that's what it is it's about listening to God and trusting that what his plan is right that his plan is true mm-hmm. that what he says is true and it'll come to pass uh, the covenant confirmed that that shows not only Moses' faithfulness but also the people's for a brief period mm-hmm. um, the ark of the covenant the mercy seat in the tabernacle um, we see that the We'll eventually see that these are made mm-hmm. Eventually um, they are, yes But even, like I said, even just taking this down And writing it down Is an act of faithfulness Because it's showing that you know Moses is believing in God And he's mm-hmm. trusting in God um, Then we get to the priests In chapters 28 and 29 It's actually their garments um, Then Moses comes down from the mountain And this is a pretty pivotal point As well, yes And it's the golden calf incident. Mm -hmm. Um, Aaron is at the bottom. And our picture from last week is still up here if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Aaron and all the people are still at the base of the mountain. They're not allowed to go up um, unless they want to die. So they're sitting at the base of the mountain. They haven't seen or heard anything from Moses in 40 days. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, let's gather up all this gold and melt it. And then I love Aaron's excuse right cuz he's like oh yeah we just melted this gold yeah. and somehow a calf came out <laughs> like it's like what dude mm-hmm. you know a calf doesn't just come out of melted gold mm-hmm. yeah. and it's just crazy um so yeah Moses comes down from the mountain and he breaks the tablets mm-hmm. he's so furious he breaks the tablets and this is god's law mhm and god wrote it himself yeah so But God is not uh, angry with him for it. Um, And this is probably one of the saddest parts but he stands at the gate of the camp. Mm -hmm. Basically the entrance to the camp. Um, This is chapter 32. And he's like so who is with the Lord? Mm -hmm. And, And I love this because it shows the faithfulness of who we're about to talk about and that's the, priests, the line of the priests, the mm-hmm. Levites, mm-hmm. every single one of them, they go over and stand with Moses. Mm-hmm. But the sad part is they kill their own people, but in a righteous act, because they're supposed to be getting rid of, of all of that. All of that. They're turning away from it. Like God says countless times that I'm bringing you to this place where the Canaanites live. I'm going to drive them out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use you to drive them out. And you're not going to have any part of their idols. You're not going to have any part of their gods, any part of what they do. You're not even going to have relationships with them. Yeah. Like whether that's friendships, whether that's um, marriage. Mm -hmm. And God specifically says that. And he says, because I brought you out of that already, and I want you to be a separate people, Mm -hmm. that's why I'm doing this. So we not only see Moses' faith, we not only see his trust in the Lord there, but we see the Levites, mm-hmm. you know they're prepared to do what they have to do to get rid of this evil mm-hmm. this sin in the midst of the people, and it's sad that it came down to killing around three thousand men, yeah, but that's what had to happen I mean if you
0: think that's all that
1: happened, I mean just wait <laughs> right, and there is more to come, but like specifically, I think that's one of the darker moments of an exodus an exodus mm-hmm. besides the firstborn being killed at the beginning at yeah at the beginning yeah mm-hmm. but it's righteous retribution by god anyways continuing on they and see this is where I'm we get to a specific part there's a back and forth uh between the events that happen they leave they're commanded to leave sinai mm-hmm. okay and that's around chapter 33 the beginning of it um and then you kind of come back to the tent of meeting with moses so it talks about for like 12 verses Mm -hmm. at the beginning of chapter 33 that they're commanded to leave and that they do leave Sinai Mm -hmm. and then you're just immediately brought back to Sinai and Moses is in the tent of meeting and this is where we get Moses' prayer over the people after the Mm -hmm. golden calf incident Mm -hmm. and he's like Lord if I found favor in your eyes then forgive the people and God says yes you have found favor in my eyes I'll forgive the people and we'll renew the covenant Mm -hmm. give you a new one and so Moses goes back up on the mountain mm-hmm. for another 40 days and he gets the new tablets and the covenants renewed. Mm-hmm. Chapter 34. Um, so he's on the mountain a total of 80 days yes. in two parts. Yes. And we actually talked about that last week and going through Genesis. Um, so we keep moving on. Um, Moses comes down from the mountain after these 40 days mm-hmm. and he's glowing. And we kind of talked about this last week. We but did. We get we usually uh think about the picture of Moses coming down from the mountain, his hair's like pure white. Yeah. But it like as far as I can tell, it never mentions that. It just says he's glowing.
0: No, it's it's cause if you've seen the Ten Commandments, that's yeah. where
1: that comes from. I like that depiction though. I do too. Whether it's biblically accurate <laughs> or not, um, not totally, but he's definitely glowing. Mm-hmm. The, you know, scripture says that he has to wear a veil. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the people are, like, afraid to look at him because he's been in God's presence. Um, and something, like, I want to mention going back a few chapters. Mm-hmm. can't necessarily remember what chapter it is, but um, God tells Moses to go into the cleft of the rock mm-hmm. as he passes by and reveals his full glory. Mm-hmm. And Moses is only able to look, you know, after the Lord has passed by yeah. as to not die. Because God specifically says, you know, Mm -hmm. those who look on my full full glory will certainly perish. Yeah, Um, But we're coming to the end of Exodus now, and from chapters 35 to 40, um, it kind of slows down a little bit, and we just get the erection of uh, the tabernacle, Mm -hmm. the ark is built, um, the altar of incense is built, uh, priestly garments are woven, and then we get... The covering for the Holy of Holies, um, the most holy place mm-hmm. that separates, you know, the Holy of Holies from the most holy. Yes. Right. And only certain people can enter there. So that's kind of the ending and of Exodus. It really just keeps going. It continues until Leviticus. For it sure, does. It? Um, Leviticus is more of where the laws start. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, we kind of end on this note with the tabernacle being built. And God residing with His people, so, and I just kind of want to once again back up. But Moses coming down from the mountain, you know, his faithfulness in mm-hmm. combating sin, mm-hmm. um, listening to God. You know, the sons of Levi already mentioned it. Their faithfulness in, you know, physically uh, killing the people who are bringing this sin mm-hmm. into the people who are supposed to be separate. Um, the faithfulness of Moses to leave Sinai or Sinai. Mm-hmm. Um, and go to Canaan. Um, we see his faithfulness when he's talking to God in the tent of meeting. And um, he's asking God, have I found favor? And God says, yes, you found favor. Um, so we see he's justified there. through And it's through his faithfulness and being willing to be led out of Egypt and to mm-hmm. lead the people out of Egypt to listen to God and to bring these people along with him. And in the construction of the new tablets, which God does. Mm -hmm. But Moses takes them down off the mountain. He makes the Ark of the... He doesn't make the Ark of the Covenant. Two men are Mm -hmm. given the ability by God to be able to do it. To be able to do this. But he places the Book of the Covenant Mm -hmm. inside the Ark. Yes. And God dwells Mm -hmm. with the people. First of many things that are going to be put into the Ark. Yes. And that's where we end with that. So hopefully you see hmm Through Exodus Um You know How Moses is justified By his faith And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Hebrews Talks about Moses It does I believe it does And that's where we get Um That faith chapter Mm-hmm And uh, I would suggest Going and reading that Because it also dives into this It does Um So It's just another way We look at being justified And You know We're justified by faith Alone By grace alone By God alone Mm-hmm Um And Moses is one of those people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I think the other thing is we have to remember that this is just the Exodus. You know, Uh, I think all of this encompasses about a year, right? Like I think when we pick up in Numbers with the story, like it's it's a year time from when they leave Egypt to where they're right there about to enter Canaan, I believe. Well, one year, and then after that, we get to the. 40 years of the wilderness because they spend the next 39 years from there
1: they have to go back into the wilderness yeah they're in the wilderness for 40 total years Mm -hmm. so i don't know i'd have to look into that next time i think the like exodus Leviticus
0: that section takes up that first year because i think when they finally get to the point because when you study the timelines yeah study the timelines through deuteronomy when he talks about the timelines you know that's how it's explained they spend a year you know, and when they were finally ready to enter Canaan, that was one year from when they left Egypt.
1: Yeah, and they were told not to, and we'll get into that because mm-hmm. the older generation is supposed to die off. But yeah, that comes in numbers. Yeah, when we get to and that, numbers. comes way later. Yeah, but.
0: we got to get through the
1: Leviticus first,
0: yeah. which is got kind of, it's it's a continuation of
1: Exodus, but it's also a lot of the law given yeah. through there. Yeah, continuation, but also it's standalone thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode on Exodus mm-hmm. justification. By faith alone. um, Looking at "Give Me Faith" by Hillsong. Mm -hmm. Oh, by
0: Elevation Worship, not Hillsong.
1: Elevation, elevation. Oh my goodness, it's been a long (laughs) night. Um, Yeah, by Elevation. We uh, we've got previous episodes. Check them out, and then we've got Mm -hmm. more episodes to come. Yes, Uh, Mark,
0: Mark, Mark, October 30th on your calendar. October 30th. Yes, we have very special episode. Very special. And we'll have a special guest. Yes, I'm very excited. Me too. So uh, there will be a poll. Uh, make sure to check out the poll. There might be a Q&A question in there too if you want to check that out. All this is on Spotify, so you'll see it on Spotify. Uh, other than that, uh, if you don't uh, follow us on YouTube, so we're YouTube at the Upper Rim Discourse. Subscribe. Videos come up every Thursday. Uh, yeah, other- turn
1: on that notification button. And you'll get a notification every time it goes live on YouTube. exactly what I wanted
0: to mention. On Spotify, if you're on Spotify listening right now, I want you to open up your app if you're not driving, and I want you to hit that little bell that says get notified when the next episode comes out.
1: Yeah, we want you guys to listen. And you have been, so we thank you.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, The other website I want to bring up is rss.com forward slash podcast forward slash The Upper Room Discourse, which there you're going to be able to see – a lot more information. Basically, there's going to yep. be some website links there. Uh, you should be able to get to the Patreon through there. So,
1: And you should be able to get to just about everywhere else we upload the podcast to. Yeah,
0: from that website.
1: Be sure to check it out, and we'll see you next time. Yep. You have reached the end of the record. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our YouTube and also find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify.